Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 12th episode of Sky Sports Combo. We are your host, Edgar Romero, alongside Martin Barraza. In today's episode, we'll be covering everything that happened over the weekend with the March Madness, as well as a little bit of the Cubs and White Sox. I'll see how they're doing in spring training. The Bulls, they had a four games, four games played last week, and they split them two to two. And we're just going to go over the scores and see what's going on with the Bulls and, and also as well as the Bears and the road to Wrestlemania begins as this weekend will be Wrestlemania 38 Martin how you doing today sir uh, I'm pretty good the birds are chirping the sun's out we got baseball in the air we got almost April which means the NFL draft one of my favorite times mm-hmm. and then uh, and then uh, sports entertainment Pro, uh, aspect of it, we got WrestleMania this weekend, so lots of lots of things going on in the sports world. So let's start with our Chicago Bears today. Uh, the Bears signed the backup quarterback uh, Trevor Simeon. He used to be for the New Orleans Saints, I believe, right? Yep. Okay, so yeah, what's your move? What's your thought on that move? Like, what's going on? You think Nick Foles is getting traded, or are they going to hold on to him and then? Trade him later. Um, well, they haven't been able to offload him because his contract is kind of kind of expensive for a backup quarterback. Uh, my thought is, I'm kind of, you know, it's a head scratching thought because you don't know, you don't know why you have Trevor Simeon as a backup because it's kind of a luxury to have when you got other holes on your roster. I think what they're trying to do is maybe a quarterback, you know, in 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 minicamp OTAs or some somewhere along those lines gets hurt, and maybe they can offload Nick Foles maybe for a late round pick because I think that's the only thing he's worth. But it's another head scratching move. But they can't get rid of Foles because he has a dead cap money. But surprised and you know confused about them signing Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I'm surprised too because they already had three quarterbacks, you know, Justin Fields, Nick Foles, and whoever the third guy was. I think it was some guy. Ryan Willis. Ryan Willis. He's a camp arm. Oh, okay. So now with this guy, uh, Ferrisinian, it's like, okay, they'll be the fourth quarterback they have in 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 their roster. So. Uh, they could find a way to trade Nick Foles and get a couple of rounds. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be a first round, second round. It could be a fourth round or something. Not this year as well. It could be for next year or something. Or something. I'm like, if they could find a way to trade Nick Foles, yeah, because there's no need to have Nick Foles in the, in the, in the Bears. And he's just better off going with another team. And what about... There's rumors about Mr. Baker Mayfield going to the Lions. Uh, if I was the Lions, I wouldn't trade for him. I think... I don't know if how much of an upgrade he would be under Jared Goff. Um, and reportedly, Cleveland wants a first-round pick. They're not going to get him. And, mm, you know, no. 18... Yeah, and right now, Baker Mayfield is a fully guaranteed... Uh, salary of 18 million dollars and i think jared goff is still has a pretty sizable contract that the lions inherited from the los angeles rams so i don't see where that makes sense for them 
you sign you get them for one year because I do believe that Lions they're probably not going to draft a quarterback this year even though they got like the second overall pick and then they got the 30 second pick in the first round of the draft considering how weak this class is the following next year's class I think is going to be much better with CJ Stroud out of Ohio State and Bryce Petty out of Alabama those two are number one or number two overall picks and I think that's where the Lions are going to and that's where their money is the money is coming off the books for Jared Goff so it makes no sense I don't think the Lions and unfortunately for Baker Mayfield I think they're gonna have to cut him and another team is gonna sign him and that's the way it's gonna be for but if I was the Lions I wouldn't I wouldn't draft him nope yeah, it's um, fortunately for the Browns. Uh, I agree with you. They, they're not going to get as much as a return for him. Uh, the lower teams, like the Jets, Dolphins, they already got their quarterbacks. Jaguars, they already got the quarterbacks. Uh, 49ers, they already got their quarterback in Trey Lance. So it's like... There's no options, and that includes Jimmy Garoppolo too, as well. The Colts already got Matt Ryan, so Atlanta signed. So it's like, where, where are your options to sign those to get trades for those two guys? I don't see him. Do you see anything? Well, the only team that could possibly make a trade for him is the Carolina Panthers, but the Carolina Panthers don't want him. They're content with Sam Darnold, even though Baker Mayfield would be a much it would be an upgrade and a much better quarterback than Sam Darnold but Carolina doesn't want him Seattle I think you mentioned is another place but Seattle I think they're content with Drew Locke going they're forward with Drew Locke, and I think I believe I hear rumblings they're looking at Colin Kaepernick but I don't know who that that's gonna be they're gonna find a deal with that or not yeah I think Colin Ka- unfortunately Colin Kaepernick's time in the NFL has gone I think Seattle is going to draft Malik Willis. Malik Willis is a similar quarterback to what they had in Russell Wilson. Similar build, good arm strength, similar size. And I think that's what they're going to do. They're not going to draft Baker Mayfield. Right now, unfortunately, it's it's very slim pickings right now for Baker Mayfield. And if you're the Browns, you gave up everything for Deshaun Watson, including the prospect of getting a decent pick for your former number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield. Yes, and that's the problem. They traded everything they got and they thought that by trading Baker Mayfield, they were going to get a couple of picks back. And so far, nobody's biting into that deal. Well, it's the it's the law of supply and demand. Unfortunately, they, they made Baker Mayfield available when mostly all of the quarterback jobs were filled. And again, all these guys are businessmen. If you know that you need to get rid of Baker Mayfield, I'm not giving you a first-round pick. Hell, I'm not, I think Baker Mayfield is worth a two. I don't think he's worth a one. But let's say everything is fair. There's jobs available and stuff. He's worth a two. But with jobs available and the demand, a team would have given him a one. A stupid team, <laughs> but a team would have given him a one. But he's worth a two. Now, limited jobs, they know they got to get rid of him. 
I think a team might even give him a four. A three and a four. He's not worth that, but that's the law of supply and demand. And and unfortunately, Cleveland, you shot yourselves in the foot. You can't get you can't get the adequate compensation that you want for Baker Mayfield. And they already signed a backup quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. They have a lot of money put into that quarterback position and they have to get rid of him. We'll see yes. we'll see where he lands. You need to get rid of him because I don't know, maybe the Cardinals. I don't know if not with his size of a contract, they're gonna have to cut him. And then some teams will sign him. He will yeah, land on that... He will land somewhere if they cut him. Because yeah, they're gonna cut him. There's there's no way. They pretty much shot themselves in the foot. If they knew they were gonna get rid of him or trade him, then they should have just done that and trade him. Don't wait until he asks for your release and then say no. Well, then when you hear Deshaun Watson that wants to get traded and opens your eyes, then you're like, yes, you know, you want Watson, we trade you everything. Here, you, do you want to take Baker Mayfield? And the Texan said no. And it's like, boop. You got stuck with all the money and the draft picks you turned into the Texans. You should have just been like, hey, Texans, you got to take Baker Mayfield for Deshaun Watson. We'll give you whatever, a little bit, half of the of his contract money, and plus the picks. And take one. And instead of giving him all your picks, you better keep one. They were just desperate that believe to get Watson over there. Yeah, they were they were desperate, and hey, they got their quarterback. They gave up a ton, and let's see what they can get for Baker Mayfield. Maybe they'll make a move during the NFL draft. Talking about the NFL draft, our Chicago Bears have six six picks, but none of them are first round picks. So we got a second round pick in the 39th overall, a second round pick in the 48th overall, a a third round pick in 71 overall, a fifth round pick of 100, another fifth round pick. 147 and 149 and the sixth round pick of 184. So for the first three picks of the Bears that look pretty good. What type of player are you picking? Are you picking a wide receiver, running back, a defensive linebacker, offensive line? What do you want the Bears to pick? Well, I'm picking I'm picking the best player on the board. Um, so there's a couple of players that I'm eyeing right now with one, with the first second round pick the first one and he he could be a steal but again he comes with injury concerns is George Pickens a wide receiver out of Georgia um, unfortunately he comes with an ACL tear if he did not tear his ACL he probably would have a first round pick but again it's a hit or miss remember Eddie Jackson at the time when the Bears drafted him under the old regime, Eddie Jackson had a broken leg. He slid all the way down to five. Eddie Jackson, if he hadn't had a broken leg, Jackson would have been a second or third round pick, would have been off the board. So George Pickens is a guy that can stretch the field, will give you a different dynamic than Darnell Mooney and and Pringle. And that's a good, that's a good place to start. Another corner, a, a guy, corner they can pick would be Martin Emerson, the cornerback from Mississippi State. 
the Bears need a number two corner behind Jalen Johnson, and this kid kind of would be around the mold of Jalen Johnson, a second-round pick. That gives him versatility. He understands a good zone coverage. He does a job of keeping things in front of him. And that's kind of the offense that Matt Eberflus runs. He can go in space, jump routes, attack the football. He's one of those guys that can, you know, give a good good pedigree for the Bears. Uh, let me see an, another player I have written down in my notes that I've been looking for. It's an offensive lineman. And if he's on the board, I would get him. An offensive lineman would be Tyler Smith, the tackle from Tulsa. There's a lot of there's a lot of mock drafts that have him at the end of the first round, but most of them have him as a two. If he is on the board more than than Pickens or Martin Emerson, I would take Tyler Smith. He's a tackle. He's played left tackle, and he's a guy that can slide into your left tackle position and fill a hole. Remember, these guys still don't have a left tackle because Jason Peters, Jason Peters got hasn't been signed. And I think right now, Tevin Jenkins right now is your best option as a right tackle, not a left tackle. Tevin Jenkins played right tackle his whole most of his college career at Oklahoma State. So Tyler Smith will give you a prospect there. Another prospect is another wide receiver, Christian Watson out of San Diego State. This guy can fly. He's six foot four. He can stretch the field. He'll give you a big catch radius for for Justin Fields. And then my last guy, and these are all these would be all second round picks. My last guy would be Abraham Lucas. He's another tackle from Washington State. You know, as you know, Washington State runs a very, very uh pass-happy offense with the air raid system, so that makes these offensive tackles very important in pass protection. He's six foot six, three eighteen pounds. He's got athleticism, and he's got the he's athleticism to to move in this new bear scheme. He can also play guard as well, so he's versatile. So these are those are the guys that I would pick in the second with the second round. In the third round, if they don't draft a wide re- uh, wide receiver in the second, I would go with David Bell, the wide receiver from Purdue. He the, He's not the sexiest athlete out there, but he's got size with his hands, and he's got technical prowess. He could be a good route runner and can make catches along the boundary. So, there are some of your options for the Bears for the first, the two second round picks they have and a third round pick that they have. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. The way how I had it written down is that they got to pick a wide receiver, offensive line tackle, and either a cornerback or or another wide receiver in the third round. And like you said, yeah, it doesn't matter. They need to pick one of those one of those uh, players for those positions. And then the last three, then you could fill up the last three takes for defensive purposes but we'll see I'm gonna I'm gonna download a list of all the draft directees and check each each stat out for each player and see who who would I pick and we could go over that go furthermore 
and future podcasts is not included. So let's say it should be one three weeks, right? Or a month. Yeah, it's at the end of it. It's in the end of a- in the end of April. We oh, yeah, so the, month. the first run. Uh, and this will be mainly the first round, but we, we should be able to catch up with everything. And we're going to have a big discussion once we find out what they pick and who they choose and give our thoughts. And moving on, last but not least, what are your thoughts on Peyton Manning telling Tom Brady to return all his crap that he gave him for his retirement gifts, his letter, and his bottle of wine? <laughs> He should. He should. I mean, Tom Brady lied to us all about staying retired. <laughs> and he even lied to Peyton Manning. You know, you can't lie to Peyton Manning like that. No. Uh, I think it's all in good fun. But, I, know. I mean, that's a, there's respect that they have between. And, you know, they talk crap about each other. They've aired several, they aired several uh, golfing events. And they always talk crap to each other. And I think it's... I think it's pretty kind of funny coming from Peyton Manning, but yeah, Tom Brady should return himself. He's not retired. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's funny. Well, we'll talk about more Bears once we hear more either signings or plans on the draft picks. But let's move on to baseball. Spring training, they're halfway there. There's nine more games left of spring training before the regular season starts next week on Thursday, April 7th. Little minor moves the Cubs have made recently was trading um, Harold Ramirez to the Rays for a 30-year-old minor leaguer Esteban Quiroz and also Tommy Tommy Nance's right-handed pitcher was claimed by the Marlins. Uh, Sergio Alcantara was traded to the D-Bags for cash. Uh, pretty much, they're pretty much emptying. They're, they're trying to clear out their roster, so hopefully, pretty soon we're gonna see the rosters who they're gonna keep. Um, so far, I mean, have you been watching the games or the highlights? Uh, the Cubs right now, right now, they're five and four, I believe. Yeah, they're five and five, five and four, and there were nine, nine games left. I'm like these young kids, man, like Ed, Ed, Ed Howard, PCA, Brendan Davis, uh, Chase Stump. They look pretty good. What are your thoughts, Martin? Um, yeah, the Bears have a the Bears, the Cubs have a lot of moves that they have to do because they got a lot of ton of guys, especially older guys trying to fill out the roster. Um, Sergio Alcantara had to go because you know they have a ton of shortstops on the twenty on the twenty sixth man roster. Um, Tommy Nance was a guy I thought that had some. You know, had some prospect. Fortunately, he struggled with uh, control issues, and then he got hurt. And then they had to DFA'd him. Um, and the kids, I think PCA looks very good, especially defensively. The command yes. that he has in center field just stands out. And yeah. as much as I like Brennan Davis, I think PCA is going to be your everyday center fielder once this team starts playing pretty good. Um, yeah, Brennan Davis, I think he's taking over left field. Yeah, he'll be one of your corner outfield spots. Uh, yeah, probably left field because Suzuki. Suzuki has been playing pretty well, and he's going to be your right fielder, everyday right fielder. And they have him pegged right now as the number two hitter, which is right now is where your best hitter plays. Um, 
some of these prospects I think are doing pretty good. I think Ed Howard, I think he's struggling, I think, with some pitch selection. But defensively, he's got he it also well. looks very good. He's got good size for the position. He's got good physical tools. Again, he needs like most of these young studs that they have in their system. He needs some time to get better as a hitter. But in terms of defense and athleticism, boy, does Ed Howard. Ed Howard is pretty good. And they have a lot of prospects. I think they won with a lot of quality. I know all of them aren't going to hit, but I am pretty, pretty excited on at least maybe three, four of these prospects that they have hitting. I think PCA is going to be pretty good. Brennan Davis was doing pretty good. And then maybe his, as, as he went through spring training, I think he struggled a little bit. He They send them back down. But no, nah, that, that's because uh, he got hit by a pitch in his hand. Yeah. And ever so, since he got that hit by a pitch in his hand, he's been struggling. So yeah, like, so you down for a bit. Yeah, so I hope he he rests up and heals up because it would be a shame if if that hand cost him some time. But defensively, most of these plays, James James Trintos. I think that's his name. You mentioned it. Yep, James yeah. Trout. He has been so good for the Cubs. Damn, though he has a big ass build to him, bro. He has a nice pop to to him as well. He is one of these prospects that was not on my radar. I, I know, as all the listeners know, I'm enamored with Christian Hernandez. We know we know Brennan Davis. PCA is your guy. Christian Hernandez is mine. Uh. But he's a guy that wasn't in our radar. And right now, according to MLB Pipeline, because they just released the top 30 prospects for every team, he's number three behind behind Davis and Hernandez. Wow. He's number three, and he's in front of PCA. So I'm just surprised. And he, he might be a dark horse out of all of these prospects that we're thinking are going to come up. Hey, he might be a dark horse in terms of a guy coming up quickly and a guy producing in the major oh, league, yeah. le- major league level. And, and Trantos plays third base. Huh? That's a and they have a, yeah, and they have a hole there because Patrick Wisdom, Patrick Wisdom is your D. Patrick Wisdom is a DH. Patrick Wisdom, yes, Patrick Wisdom is a DH. You can play third base. I don't care. Like once you can put him out there, but Patrick Wisdom, I always see them as a DH. And a couple of games that I've seen of him, man, he smacks that ball like, holy crap, and it goes a long ass way. <laughs> like, yeah, like, great exit velo. Yup, as long as he could give me 30 home runs and 67 yard runs, I don't really care about Patrick Wisdom's um, um, batting average because he's not a he's not a batting average hitter. He looks like he's just in there just to smack home runs and get him out of the freaking ballpark. That's the type of hitter he needs to have. I'm not expecting him to freaking be driving runs or batting in the second, third, or fourth uh, on, on the lineup. I'm seeing him more like a six, seventh hitter. So, you guys, you think I agree? You agree with that? Around that? That he's a six or seventh hitter? Yeah, he is. And he's a guy that can give you some pop and he will give you... He'll hit some home runs for you, but as... You know, a guy for the future. He's he's not the guy, and hopefully, James. As we said, the the Cubs have a hole at third base right now. There's no prospect in the third base side, even though they're trying to convert Chase Strumpf 
from second to third base. Yes. But hey, Trantos is it's really, really catching my eye and I hope I hope he's there to stay. Oh well, that's so far I know the Cubs are five and four in the spring training. I don't know if they have a game today or not. But if they did, hopefully that they're five and five or six and four. So be one of those two. But now let's move on to the Chicago White Sox. Man, they're still trying to figure out what to do with Mr. Craig Kimbrough. But fortunately for Mr. Craig Kimbrough, Joe Kelly won't be starting the season. He'll be he was signed with an injury. He got injured in last year's in Daniel CS, I believe. And um the White Sox signed him regardless. What are your thoughts on that signing? I mean, when when the news broke and me and you gave our thoughts, I thought he was unnecessary. Jay, uh, Kelly was an unnecessary signing, but Craig Kimbrell did say in a press conference when they broke into camp, when the whole lockout finally was over, they don't have enough innings for these arms. Well, now with Kelly out, I think Kimbrell will have an opportunity. I saw the one White Sox game and Kimbrell pitched. He got knocked around a lot. I don't know what it is, but he just not seem he does not seem comfortable with the White Sox. He just doesn't seem agree. comfortable at all. And it doesn't it doesn't matter. And if you're if you're Rick Hahn, what do you do? Because you don't want him going forward. And I think he's and if he gets right, he's a guy that can get you replenish some of the depth that you lost in your farm system when it came to graduation when you know getting players to join your staff and trading some players like uh, like Cody Hewer and, and Madrigal and then you traded some guys some guys for and mostly I think all the trades they made to the Cubs and even to the Cleveland Guardians but it will replenish yeah. it it will replenish your system, but they have to find a way to get him comfortable and get him right. And so far, it doesn't matter where they throw him, he has not been comfortable with the White Sox. And that is and that is big because that's a big project that they have to work on. Ways to get him comfortable so he can pitch effectively, so they can get a team to, to want him. There's a lot of teams that need a closer right now. I think San Diego needs a closer. Philadelphia needs a closer. Hell, I think even the Dodgers would trade for him if he was right. But the problem is, he has not, he doesn't seem right with the White Sox. And that's the thing that they have to fix. Yes, they do. I absolutely agree because he was with the Cubs, he was a closer. He goes to the White Sox and use him as a setup guy. And who had a better ERA? Kirk Kimball. But you pretty much uh, took out his um, energy of trying to close out games or put that fear because you know like it's like a Rollins Chapman. A Rollins Chapman was a closer. He struggled with the Reds when they were trying to use him as a starter. And struggled when he was trying to set up for I believe it was Iglesias, or Iglesias or whatever. When he was with the Reds, I believe. And he struggled. But Chapman always worked out of out of the ninth inning and one. And that's where I feel where Craig Kimbrough has always been. He came up as the ninth inning closer for the Braves. Got traded to San Diego, was a closer. 
uh, got injured or whatever, and then got traded to the Red Sox and was a dominant closer over there. Then he signed with the Cubs, struggled coming in because obviously you come to a new team and you actually signed during the almost close to the midseason. Now, like, he feel like he struggled because obviously he didn't have no spring training or nothing. Uh, so he comes in this season, recovers his pitches uh, for a year and a half later and becomes this dominant closer for the for the Cubs in pretty much a year, half of 2020 and the half of 2021. Then, boom, goes get straight to the White Sox. They all said it. The White Sox has a dominant bullpen. But, damn, what happened? It's like you called it, and I believe that it's true what you said. You know, he's he's a he's a he's a nice thing pitcher. He's not a setup guy or or a, or a middle reliever. But also, man, they got, the White Sox also got lucky with Mister Andrew Vaughn. Uh, he's normally a first baseman, but when you start putting players in different positions because you're trying to use their bat and put him in a position where he has never played there before in right field during spring training. It's like all over, you know, he meant his last year all over again. But with Andrew Vaughn, where he tries to dive for a freaking ball <laughs> and get injured. And luckily for them, it, it supposedly is not that serious. But at the end of the day, once you get injured, those injuries could sometimes linger throughout the whole season. I could cause you your 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 pretty much your stats for that season. He may be out for one to two weeks, so he, they're still going. Oh, on he has a hip pointer, right? Yeah, he has a hip pointer because he, he he went to die for a ball that it's like, dude, it's spring training, just let it drop. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on with the White Sox and and these players trying to dive and do this just spring training? Well, it's competition. It's a very competitive team. They got guys coming up. Um, I know that I know that for the outfield, they got Oscar Colas and Yoki Cespedes up trying to see because they haven't signed an outfielder. They haven't signed a right fielder. It makes you think that one of these two guys might break camp with them. So... Yeah, maybe Andrew Vaughn was trying to, you know, prove his worth. He struggled a lot at the end of the season. And right now he's just a platoon player. But, yeah, I think he tried to do a little bit too much. And, you know, got the hit pointer. But, yeah, I think Andrew Vaughn has to stay healthy. Andrew Vaughn, to me, is the first baseman of the future. Whenever Abreu decides to, you know retire I think it's going to be Andrew Vaughn's job at first base so he needs to stay healthy he needs to continue but I think it's just the pressure when you're with a good team like the White Sox and you got these other outfielders coming and you know you're not a regular outfielder and those two guys are you're trying to do whatever you can to stand out and tell them that you can man one of those outfield positions and I think that's what happened that's why he went over overboard and hey now he's injured unfortunately Oh yeah, and speaking of White Sox not signing a, another right fielder or whatever, did you hear about a whole little beef with the Alito and the White Sox? Oh, was it because of arbitration? 
Yes, sir. <laughs> Over <laughs> Giolito, pretty much, I guess. The White Sox offer him a four-year deal, $50 million deal, and he pretty much declined it because he feels like he, he's worth more than that. And to his point, you know what? He may be right because if Jose Reyes gets a seven-year deal worth $131 million, and I believe Jolito's weight a little bit better than Jose Berrios. If you're trying to extend the guy, you got to extend him to like a five, six, six-year deal and there's 75 or 80 million. When you go for a 450, 50 million, that's 12 million and a half a year. And I don't know. <laughs> he said no. So now with the arbitration, he pretty much said, of like, hey, I want to get paid 7.5 million. The White Sox counter with a 7.3, and pretty much that's just so that's what they're going to arbitration because over two over two hundred thousand dollars. That tells you a lot because what the organization does, especially Reinsdorf, they try to sign these guys before they hit arbitration. They don't like dealing with arbitration. Reinsdorf does not. Love to deal with arbitration. So his always tendency has been to sign him before they hit arbitration. But unfortunately, with Mr. Giolito, he's pissed off. Pretty much sad because they're pretty much crying over a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, and they're not willing to give it to him. So that tells me something that either they got to kiss and make up, or if not, then he's he's waiting until his. His last two, last year, two years, arbitration uh, becomes and he, he becomes an eligible free agent. No, no, my. What are your thoughts on that? I know you, and that's where you love talking crap about the White Sox. So that is. So here's the thing. What has been the White Sox formula? That's something that we've, as the Cubs fans, because you know our our glory days so far are over, and now we gotta be for. A rebuild for these next players coming up. So what the White Sox formula has been do has they've been doing is they've jumped the gun, right? So they've yep. jumped ahead. For example, Luis Robert. Before we even thought that Luis Robert was a top ten outfielder in baseball, right away they signed him to a long term deal, avoiding arbitration. But if he, you know, performs like a top ten outfielder. He's going to outperform that contract twice, two times. They did yeah. they did that with the left fielder Eloy. So they they I got him. He had a little bit of success. And guess what? They signed him right away to a long-term extension for peanuts. And if he is this guy that we know who hits 40 bombs, drives in a hundred runs, yeah, he can't play the outfield, but if he's like a David Ortiz type of great DH, 40 home runs, 120 RBIs. Again, he's outperforming the contract. But again, there's Tim Anderson, and now you got Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito already is an all-star. He's an ace of a staff. He's a top yeah. pitcher in baseball. And here's the thing. They weren't able to sign him to a long-term deal that took over his arbitration years before he really got good. Before he was like, okay, 
I'm good. I know what my negotiating power is. I know what I'm worth in the open market based off these other guys. And he was like, nope. And that's the problem with the White Sox. If you don't sign them, they're going to give you peanuts. They're trying to give you peanuts. And most likely, they're not going to retain the player. That's what I think that's going to happen with Tim Anderson. I don't think Tim Anderson's coming back. Because Tim Anderson will command a big contract. And deservedly so. He's a top shortstop in the game. And the White Sox... give it to him. Yeah, and the White Sox are not going to give it to him. Because the White Sox don't operate that way. The White Sox want you to play for cheap and that's the thing that's their formula so if you're a top guy a top prospect coming and you haven't hit your peak they want to sign you for peanuts and if not well you just keep playing in arbitration keep playing keep playing and you're not going and they're not going to sign you I mean and they've been lucky look at what they did with Chris Sale they gave Chris Sale a long term contract and he was a top pitcher in the game and they got and they got a good return for him they ended up trading him Jose Quintana that's why he was such a, an attractive bullshit ass option for the Cubs because yeah. he was signed he was also signed to a long term contract making peanuts and that's the formula for the White Sox unfortunately that's what the way it is and for $200,000 bro come on I mean $200,000 and one of these one of your top pitchers so yeah exactly. I think it's I think it's crap yeah and I think he's crap and I agree with you he's better than Jose Berrios yeah so he should get more than 100 million but they're not gonna give it to him yeah he's way better than Jose Berrios and he got a 7 year 131 million dollar contract come on dude trying to get my four year 50 million dollar year what's wrong with you freaking Sox owners man come on all right moving on from the freaking Sox uh, I guess we'll have to see fat ass Albert Pujols back as a cardinal <laughs> well back where he started he's be his last year he's gonna retire after this season he signed a one year contract for 2.5 million so he was with the Cardinals from 2001-2011, 10 years. He was a badass. Uh, hit a lot. That signed that big-ass Oh, yeah, he signed that big-ass massive contract with the Angels from 2012 to 2021. Yeah, and he's the reason why owners don't want to sign players to long-term contract anymore. Fucked yep. up everybody else. He did. He's the main reason why. Because what did he do with the Angels? He didn't do shit with the Angels. Oh, no, no, no. I'll take that back. He did do something. He was still hitting. We knew his average was going to go down. But he was still hitting bombs or whatever. This is what the problem with the Angels. They don't know how to sign the right. For some reason, they signed for a lot for the offense. But never for the pitching. Never for the starters. I'm like, but it is what it is. He got lucky with the Angels. They gave him a 10 year contract for, I don't know, what was it like 250 million or something like that? Yeah, he signed. Yeah, I think it was for 250. I think he only did good for four years of the contract. The other six, he was so bad. Yeah, he was so bad, and pretty much. And that's when he started like 
staring down or whatever. Like, damn, like, what the hell? I'm like, no. But well-deserved dude, man. He, he won championships with the Cardinals. Whatever. Freaking Redbirds. I always liked him, but whatever. It is what it is. He's returning back to the Cardinals for a one-year deal. And pretty much it's going to be his farewell tour. But all right, moving on. From baseball to the NBA and our Chicago damn Bulls. Last week they played four games. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Monday, they beat the crap out of the Raptors 113-99. The Rosen had a decent game. He scored 26 points, had 35 Played 35 minutes. Javante Green scored seven points and played 30 minutes. Nikola Vucevic, he had a, a double-double. 19 points, played 33 minutes and had 13 rebounds. Zach Levine had a decent game too as well, 26 points, 35 minutes. Caruso, he gave seven points and played 33 minutes, but hopefully his defense was top-notch in that game. Ayo scored 11 points and played 24 minutes. And Williams, Patrick Williams came back and scored seven points and played 19 minutes. So that's game number one against the Raptors. That's one that's, that could be one of the one of the teams, unfortunately, that the Bulls could actually face or not. Because it's a tight race between the number the first seed and the fourth seed. They're like a half a game behind or something. Yeah, it's very tight down the stretch. Yes. So now we move on to Tuesday's game and the Bulls lose this game. They get blown out by the Milwaukee Bucks, 98-126. The Rosen only scored 21 points, played 36 minutes. Javante Green only scored four points and ran, played 20 minutes. Rusevich had another good game, 22 points, 32 minutes, and seven rebounds. Lavigne, fortunately, only 21 points in 34 minutes. Caruso as well, only scored three points and played 30 minutes. Ayo only scored seven points and played 27 minutes. It's pretty much a down for for a little bit for DeRozan, Levine, and and um, Ayo or Caruso. But was like we said, Ayo is still he's a rookie. He looks like he's uh, his rookie rookiness is finally getting to him. But this game, the next one. This was this, this was a game for me that they should they should have won. Uh, the Bulls lose to the Pelicans, one hundred and nine to one twenty six. But the Rosen was was out the rest and game one day off, so that makes sense why they lost because Javante Green scored five points, played twenty five minutes. Levine scored thirty nine points and, and played forty minutes. Milosevic had almost had another double double, scored sixteen points. Played 32 minutes and had nine rebounds. Ayo, again, only scored four points, played 32 minutes. Caruso had a good game, 11 points and played 28 minutes. Kobe White had, uh, had a great game, too. He scored 23 points and played 29. But they still end up losing that game, 126 to 109. And then on Saturday, they barely survived and beat the the Cavs, the, the Cavs, those were the Cavaliers, 98 and 94. Rosen only scored 20 points, 
played 35 minutes. Lavin scored 25 points, played 39 minutes. Lucevic almost had another double-double, scored 16 points, played 36 minutes, and had nine rebounds. Caruso had 20 points and played 38 minutes. Ayo had 11 points, played 32 minutes. White, Kobe White played 20 minutes and didn't score nothing. So, and they split the four games two to two. The Bulls are currently in fifth place. They're three and a half games behind first place and one game ahead of the Raptors. What are your thoughts on this? On this Bulls, man? Um, they need they need defense, and they need to start playing in different different ways in the lineup. I still don't understand why Patrick Williams is not in the starting lineup. He should be your starting four, and you need you need to slide DeRozan to the small forward spot. You need to put Zach Levine into the shooting guard spot, and either Caruso needs to be your point guard or Io needs to be the point guard it's one of the two I know they're giving a lot of responsibilities to Io which is good I think Io is at the rookie wall like I said I'm not mad because he's played so well but it's time to give a little bit more to Patrick Williams I know Patrick Williams is not going to score a lot of points but he will defend but this team defensively this team leaves a lot to be desired and I think what is going on is that, I mean, I didn't expect, I was very realistic, but how good they were playing. They let a lot of the fans and then the audience that is tuning in to listen to the pod, the way that they're playing, they allowed the fans to dream, right? Yep. To dream that they were going to go far. Me and you were realistic. Me and you know that it wasn't going to be like that. But, you know, other teams other fans excuse me you know saw the Bulls they were really well they were one of the feel good stories of the NBA and they've been bats for so long and they've had them what if but they're they're coming down and I think they peaked already I mentioned this in a couple pods ago I think they're already peaked defensively they're not playing good DeMar looks tired and Levine looks hurt unfortunately Vucevic Vucevic, if he can't shoot, that's a problem because he's having a lot of trouble with some with interior players that are bangers and they can rebound and they can defend. Nikola is having trouble. This is why we brought in Tristan Thompson, but they need somebody in the four spot. This team is too small. Their quote-unquote wing players are guards. So... But I, like I said, I just hope that the Bulls do not slide down to the playing game. I hope they're hanging on, and I hope they'll be able to play. And right now, they actually play the New York Knicks. They're actually, the score right now is 74-63. They're down with about 424 left in the third quarter. Um, one of my problems that I have right now is they're very small in their lineup. They have Nikola at the five. Zach Levine is your power forward. Damar is your small forward. And you got a backcourt of Ayo and Caruso. Patrick Williams has only played eight minutes. Uh, 
Tristan Thompson has played six minutes. This team is too small. They need more physicality. They need Patrick Williams in the lineup. But also, Lazo Ball ain't coming anytime soon either. No, I don't think he might. I don't think he's coming back at all this season. He's not coming back anytime soon. He had a setbacks. So this is where I feel like, yep, that's kind of hard. And like the Bulls could stay in fourth place. Then good. You know they had that long seven game um first round. But if they drop to the seventh place, that's scary because the way how this new format of the of the players are, if the if, if the season ended today. Your number one is the Celtics. Your number two is the Heat. Your number three is the Bucks. Your number four is the 76ers. Your number five will be the Bulls. And your number six will be the Raptors. So now, the seven, which will be the Cavs. The eight will be the Hornets. The nine will be the Nets. And the ten will be the Hawks. And with this new playoff format where they got, the seven will face uh, against the 8th, which will be the Cavs against the Hornets. And whoever wins that game will be the 7th seed. And the 9 will face the 10. The loser is eliminated. And the winner will, will face up against the number, the loser of the number 7 and 8 seed. And between those two teams, they will take over the AC. So, what are your thoughts on this new playoff format that they've been having for the past two, three years? Uh, it's okay. It, I think it's dumb having a one-game thing, one-game, I guess, quote-unquote, playoff to determine the seeds because, again, just like baseball, the NBA is a series. They're a series... <laughs> games um the I don't like it too, because say the AC wins 45 games and then the ninth and 10th seed they're only barely making they're four games under 500 but those are the ninth and, and 10th seeds and then all of a sudden they both the ninth and 10th seed whoever which one they get the number eight seed Yeah, that's how it goes. Again, it's it's kind of dumb too. It, it's kind of like baseball too. When you got the one one division wins eighty eight games, and then you got the two wild card teams that are almost winning a hundred. Yep. And I mean that's how the way it goes. Uh, Brooklyn is going to be a dangerous team because you yes. know they lifted the mask. They lifted the mask mandate in New York, which means Kyrie Irving can finally play full time. <laughs> and now play in the home games for Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn is a silent killer here. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and, and dude, wouldn't you want to? The whole thing with Kyrie is annoying because, dude, wouldn't we, wouldn't you want to still get paid and do half of half of the job? Yeah. Yeah, you can't do that, you know, in corporate jobs or any you know jobs in the real world but but back to brooklyn brooklyn's a tough team i think brooklyn's gonna catch either charlotte or or the cleveland cavaliers i think they're gonna go on a long run and atlanta is a sneaky team too but 
Again, hopefully the Bulls don't fall into those playing games because they can use the time to get healthy, especially for Zach Levine. Yeah. I don't, I'm not counting on Lonzo Ball returning this year. No. But Zach Levine, yes, you need... If Lonzo Ball do come back, I want him to be the ball passer. I just want him to focus on passing the ball and having open shots to the rose and over that. And focus on just shooting threes if he got the shots. If it doesn't, then whatever. But yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. It's like you said, man. All these teams are all close to each other. They are barely gonna make the, the forty games wins. I'm like, that's what's interesting. I'm like, damn, man. Like, you got Celtics, British forty-seven games won. Heat forty-seven games won. The Bucks forty-five. The I mean, not forty-five. Um. 46, the 76 is 46, and you got the Bulls. Right now, they're currently losing, but they got 43 games, 43 games won. So, the Raptors as well, they got 442. And the Cavs right just behind them with like barely 40 or 39. So, they're, they're all close to each other. So, the East looks pretty interesting. It's more competitive than the East and then compared to the West. Yeah, and a quick note on the Celtics, they lost their defensive anchor, Robert Williams III, for a torn meniscus, so that's oh. a big loss. That's a big loss for them. Yeah, but imagine them, like, the Celtics facing off against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I think the, the Brooklyn Nets have that game, especially now since Kyrie is going to play more regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah so, yeah, so between the Nets win over the Hawks, obviously, with the season ended today. And I believe with the, who do you got, Cavs or Hornets? I have the Hornets winning. Yeah. It'll be a close and then, game. And the Cavs are a good story, but I have I have a LaMelo ball carrying the Hornets. Yeah, so I see the, the, the Hornets. If they ended today, I, I, the Hornets would have been seventh seed and then between the Nets against the Cavs to fight over the A seed, the Nets would have taken the A seed and then they will see the Nets against the Celtics, the Heat against the Hornets, the Bucks against the Raptors, and the 76ers against the Bulls and you called it. Hey, the Bulls ain't stopping no fucking Joel Embiid so Bulls are losing the first round if the season ended today. So if I'm a Bulls fan, you're a Bulls fan, who do you want to face? Well, that's tough. There there isn't really good matchups for these Exactly. For this team. You gotta you gotta get whoever you get and you gotta go out there and play basketball. I mean put up or shut up time. Especially right now since uh, they're they're down right now currently. 69 to 78 Knicks. Yeah, and what I'm starting to get alarmed about this Bulls team is they're struggling now with teams they have to beat. I get it before, you know, they would struggle with the teams that have better records, top teams in the West and the East. They've been losing to the Sacramento Kings. They're losing to the New Orleans Pelicans. They're losing to teams. They're losing to the Knicks. They're losing to the teams that they should be beating. And that is a big sign of concern if I'm that I have right now. That's my concern too, because I'm like, that, that's where I get frustrated. I'm like, the teams that they're supposed to be, they're not beating them right now. 
And when they lost big games against big teams like the Wizards and everything, it was by three. Or they were tied, and then the Rosa hits the magic three-point and everything. But it's just, I feel like the... Like you said, they already, they already hit their peak. I definitely do not see them making it past. They'll be a surprise if they make the first, if they pass the first round. But I don't see them passing the second round and conference finals or being the part of the East Conference. Games. No, and I think, honestly, I think they match up better against Miami than they would Philadelphia mm-hmm. or Milwaukee. So, but to do that, they would have to drop. They would have to drop to the sixth seed, or they would have to have Miami, Miami beat, or Miami would jump ahead of Boston. Boston would be the second seed, and then they drop to the sixth seed, and that's the only way they would do that. But right now, like you said, right now, first round, their first round matchup would be against the 76ers, and yeah, yeah they're not, they're not. Joel Embiid's gonna eat them alive. Yep. He's already has for the couple of past two weeks two damn games. I see recently. <laughs> and like, okay, yeah, never mind. But yeah. I'll be our best basketball. So let's move on to the March Madness. Oh, I know you were pissed off this weekend as well, sir. <laughs> oh man, I stopped betting because you know my March you Madness thing is broken, <laughs> and I just got to get out when I while I'm ahead because. You would have gotten the bigger upset because you made a astute pick. Yep. But yeah, man, our our national champion pick is out. It's out. We got to revise it again. Yeah, our our national championship matchup both is over. Not even that. So let's start with the West and go down to the to the. West champions. We got Gonzaga going against Arkansas. In that game, Gonzaga couldn't done couldn't do nothing. They lose this game to Arkansas 74 to 68. Did you saw that game? Did it disappoint you? Yeah, it did. And Look, they tried to put their offense around Drew Timmy. Really, Chet Holmgren, Gonzaga's player, he's about he's about seven feet tall. I think he's like 18, 19. I think he weighs like about 150 pounds. He's projected to be the number one overall pick. He had a lot of foul trouble. But I think if they would have went with him, they could have had a chance to win this game. Unfortunately, the big guns for Gonzaga did not play well. And I did not see Arkansas winning this ballgame. Uh, Gonzaga was about a nine-point favorite, I believe, in this matchup. If I can double-check correctly, but no, I didn't see it at all. Me neither. I picked Gonzaga. So I'm like, okay, Gonzaga, they have a good, a better squad and everything. And the way how they seen them play two years ago and the way how they still had the same current, almost current team. But nope, they lose. 24 to 68. A surprising Arkansas team. And we yep. moved down. Gonzaga was a 10-point favorite in that game. 10 points? Damn. Yep, 10-point favorite. They must piss a lot of people off. Yeah, 
again, Gonzaga, another team, another year that they can't get it done. So we move on to Texas Tech against Duke. And Duke survives this one. They beat them 78 to 73. Coach K, his run continues for his last year, his last season. He ends up facing against Arkansas in the game, and they were always ahead. They were never behind. They're just a three drive two quarters. So Duke beats the crap out of Arkansas 78 to 69. And they become the West West champions and are in the final four. Were you surprised by that? Because I picked Duke. It's an Arkansas and Duke. I was I, I, I picked Duke. The number um, two seed. Yeah, I picked I picked uh, Duke as well. Um, but it was it was a, again a close game. I, I don't like Coach K. I think the more and more we've been been learning more about him I think he's a jerk the way he conducts himself but um, but yeah I mean remember when he fainted (laughs) (laughs) he had his face like ow I'm going in the final four now ow but <laughs> but yeah, Duke, yeah, Duke had a Duke had a good game. Um, the second half, I think Arkansas made a push, but Duke basically won the first half. Again, Duke's players in terms of because they have a couple of lottery picks. AJ Griffin, Paolo Banchero is supposed is going to be one of the top three picks in this upcoming draft. Um, I thought Arkansas was going to give Duke some some tough uh, tough in terms of defense but I think they did a very good job um, and actually Duke was a five point favorite and they covered and yep. we, we get coach we get coach K in the final four how oh, great ah. yep Chicago's very own coach K yep so now coach K and Duke are in the final four and they're going to go face off against the winner of the East. And we'll start with North Carolina versus UCLA in the C-16. And North Carolina wins that game 73-66 and moves on to the Elite Eight. North Carolina, man, they're looking, they're looking pretty good, man. Yeah, they do. They got a very good player in Caleb Love, and he did a very good job. The first half, UCLA won it by three points, but then it was a very good second half. More points were scored in the second half, and North Carolina just took the game over. I believe UCLA was a favorite in this game yes. by three points. Um, but me and you, I mean, I've never been high on UCLA. They made it all the way to the Sweet 16, but again, I saw them and they just didn't convince me. And North Carolina has really been on a roll lately. And again, led by Caleb Love, and they advanced to the next round. We both picked North. We both picked North Carolina to win yeah. this game anyway, so not a shock. And then we got the, and then we got the surprising St. Peter's versus Purdue. 
<laughs> picked Purdue to be per- St. Peter's, right? I did pick Purdue. Yeah, and I picked St. Peter's to be Purdue, and my reality came true. They St. Peter's. I believe they started off rocky, right? Yeah, Purdue actually got off to a pretty good start, but then St. Peter's yeah. fought back. I think at, at halftime, it was just a four-point game, considering how well Purdue started. If you're St. Peter's, I think St. Peter's went to the locker room and they were feeling pretty good about themselves, and they had some momentum considering how Purdue came off really good in the beginning of the game. Yeah. And they lose to 670-64. And we see North Carolina against St. Peter's. And I believe St. Peter's were on top of the half against North Carolina for the Elite Eight, weren't they? Uh, let Purdue, going back to that game, one oh. second, Purdue is actually a 13-point favorite <laughs> in that game. <laughs> Um, in the first half, North Carolina came out and smoked St. Peter's. North Carolina scored 38 points to 19 of St. Peter's. So it was, it was it was about 19 points ahead North Carolina. The second half actually was pretty close. St. Peter's came out and it was more of a balanced game. St. Peter's scored 30 points. North Carolina scored 31 points. Unfortunately, that first half, North Carolina gave them a huge punch and St. Peter's just couldn't recover and North Carolina nope. ended up winning by 20 and yep. they were a North 9 Carolina point Carolina favorite and North Carolina is our East champions and we I predicted it and you predicted it as well well no yeah I predicted that that was going to be the end of St. Peter's and they lead 8 and it came true by 20 points they, North Carolina ends up being 69 to 49 and it will be North Carolina again, the number two seed of the West against the number eight seed on the East. And who do you have in between that? Maybe between that two. Uh, North Carolina is playing very well. One of the best teams so far in the tournament. I just think Count K and Duke are gonna win, and they're gonna advance. Yep. That's what I'm picking to do. It's gonna be a close game, though. North Carolina and Caleb Love have been have been very good. Yeah. So I don't expect these blowouts. That's another thing I was disappointed with: these blowouts on the Sunday games mm-hmm. for the Elite Eight. All right, and then moving on to the South bracket, another surprising fucking loss. Arizona against Houston. Houston beats them 72 to 60 and moves on to the Elite Eight. What was your thought on that game? Uh, Disappointed. Very disappointed because, again, Arizona was one of my teams to win the the national championship. Um, Houston coming into this NCAA tournament, a lot of teams were saying that they were underseeded as a number five seed, and they showed they played very well. Arizona tried to come back a couple times, but North Carolina, excuse me, Houston did a very good job of coming back and winning the ball game. 
So, I mean, you got to give it credit. Arizona kind of looked shaky in this tournament, and you had Houston going forward. Houston just got off to a good start in the first half. Yep. And they just they just kept going forward after that. Yep, so Houston moves on to the Elite Eight. And from there, we have Michigan against Villanova. And Villanova beats Michigan 63-55. to And I believe you picked Villanova to win, and I picked Michigan. So that's a loss for me. What do you thought about that game? Villanova had. Villanova, it was a good game for Villanova. And for Michigan, they did a very good job of staying close to this in this ball game. Yes. Um, Michigan did a great job in this tournament to advance. And it, they actually kept it close in the first half. It was only a three-point game. But Villanova won both halves. And I think they just played solid basketball. Jermaine Samuels. Played very good in that game at 22 points for Villanova. And really their top talent rose above Michigan's Michigan's talent. Villanova was a five-point favorite. Uh, Villanova shot better from the floor. They committed less turnovers. And even though Michigan had more three, their three-point percentage was better and they out-rebounded Villanova, it's just a field goal percentage and the lack of... Less turnovers that helped Villanova win this ball game. Yep, and now we have in the Elite Eight Villanova against Houston, and Villanova pulls off the victory, fifty to forty-four. That was one of the lowest games for Mister Villanova, wasn't it? Uh yeah, it was a very low-scoring game. They only scored ninety-four total points, which is kind of shocking but Villanova found a way to win unfortunately they had one of their top guards come out out of that with an injury unfortunately so Villanova going into the final four will be without one of their top guards yeah that's what I'm about to say I don't think he's coming back (laughs) no he's not so yeah it was a good game what helped Villanova was both of these teams shot very bad from three point land Villanova hit 23% of their three-point shots, which is pretty low. Houston only shot 5% from three. That is a recipe for a loss. And Houston actually was a favorite in this game by three points. So whoever bet Villanova got very good value and ended up winning the game. Houston pretty much only needed to score three field goals, and that's it. They probably would have been... Villanova 53 to 50, man. That's how close this game was. 50 and 44, 16, six point game. That's two shots. You, you could make those two shots. But the shots, the three point shots were down in that game, and Villanova just survived and moves on to the final four, and they're, and they're the South champions. Now, moving on to the Midwest, we have the number one seed, Kansas against. The number four seed, Providence. Kansas wins by five, 66 to 61. As we predicted, we knew that Kansas was going to move on. Uh, I believe Providence was uh, leading in the first half, right? 
Kansas was actually winning the first half by nine. And it was a very low scoring first half because it was only 26 to 17 Kansas in the first half. But Providence oh, yeah. came back in the second half. They scored 44 points. Kansas scored 40. But it was it was a closer scoring game. I thought Providence in this tournament was kind of seated kind of high. But the story of this tournament continues to be the play of Remy Martin, the guard of, for Kansas. Every time I hear that, I think of the cognac. Uh, he played good. He w- went 7 for 13, 8 from 13 for the free throw line. He had 23 points in Kansas. Again, they moved on. Kansas was a 7-point favorite. Unfortunately, they didn't cover. But Kansas moves on, and it was a close ball, more of a closer game than I expected. Yep, and Kansas moves on to the Elite Eight. And now we go to Iowa State against Miami. And Miami pretty much destroys them 70 to 56. Demolished them. Yeah, they demolished them. So they're like, hell no, we don't give them, we don't know rats. Yes, but that's it. So Miami moves on to the Elite Eight and they will face, they face off against Kansas. And this is the game where Miami, I believe, was leading the first quarter. And then when starting the second quarter, Kansas comes up and whoops their asses and wins. <laughs> wins the. <laughs> I think they were. Miami was up 35 to 30 or 35 or something. Oh, yeah. You're, abso- like- you're absolutely correct. Miami was up 35 to 29 at the end of the half. We thought we had an upset brewing. Yep, and no, Kansas comes back in the second quarter and beats the crap out of them 76 to 50, and they end up losing by 26 points. Yeah. Miami, in the second half, they only scored 15 points. 15 15 points. Kansas ended up scoring 47 points for a difference of 32 in the second half. That yeah. is domination. That is domination. And you look at the difference. Field goal percentage. 50% for Kansas. 34 for Miami. Miami got annihilated on the glass. 41-28 rebound differential. Three-point percentage. Kansas 35%. Miami 14%. Miami also converted more turnovers. That second half was so was such a bad performance by Miami. And it's such a shame because they did so good in the first half. And Kansas so was only a five-point favorite. They were only a five-point favorite against the 10th seed. And, you know, Kansas covered and it was, it was a sight to behold the dominating performance that Kansas had in the second half. Dude, I was watching that game, and I'm like, damn, what the hell happened? I'm like, they were just missing left and right. The defense as well, Kansas was stopping a lot of balls through that and blocking. I'm like, damn, it's, it's, <laughs> Miami had a good game in the first, but yeah, there's a second, they're like, nope, this is our game, bitches. <laughs> and Kansas City moves on to the final four, and they're the Midwest champions. But now we have the Lenovo against Kansas. The number one seed in the Midwest and against the number two seed in the South. Who do you have in that game? 
Um, I have Kansas going over in that game, and they're going to be off of a big high with that performance against Miami for the second half. And also, again, Villanova are without one of their top guards. That's going to be hard. Kansas has size, and they have a lot of NBA talent on the roster. I think Kansas is going to win another close game, and I have Kansas and Duke in the final for the championship. Yep, that's what I have right now written down. Kansas and Duke in the final. The number one seed in the Midwest against the number two seed in the West. And who wins that game? Kansas or Duke? I pick Kansas. Yeah, I'm pulling for Kansas. I don't like Coach K, so I don't want to see him win. I want to see his last game. I just lose. want him to make the last game and lose. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. That would be great. It'll be a nice week to end it. So me and you agree that Kansas needs to win this. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Hey, even if he gets out by North Carolina, I'll be happy. <laughs> if he does, then okay, then I just got to switch it, man, and see what happens. But yep. Yeah. The final four, ladies and gentlemen, this Saturday. Duke against North Carolina, and Sunday will be. No. They're both Saturday, on Saturday. Saturday. They're both on Saturday, yeah. So it'll be Duke against North Carolina and Villanova against Kansas. Yeah, four story programs. Yep, you're gonna be, I'm going to be flipping channels left to right because wrestling is this weekend. WrestleMania. It starts with NXT at noon, I believe. I don't know how long that's going to run, but I'm going to be flipping back and forth. And it's going to be it's going to be a, it's going to be a nice weekend in sports. But hopefully the Kansas wins this, and if they don't, then I'm like, what well, the? We screwed our brackets up this year for sure. Oh yeah, my none of my only Kansas. Was my in my original bracket only Kansas made? I only got Kansas yeah. right making it to the final four. Yep, Kansas. But uh, we'll see what happens this weekend, and then the national the national game will be on Monday, April fourth. So I don't know if I should wait. You know what? No, we should we should predict because it should it should start up around seven o'clock right yeah we'll be recording we'll be recording the pod and keeping an eye out on the game at the same time yes. i have kansas we, i have kansas beating duke yep. i hope it does but that'll be next week's episode uh moving on as we recall this weekend is Wrestlemania they had Wrestlemania Raw today and they're having Wrestlemania Smack, Wrestlemania Smackdown on Friday they got the Hall of Fame you got the Undertaker going in Big Van Vader uh, Queen Charmel <laughs> <laughs> who else um, oh Shad Gaspar as the Warrior Award winner for Pulling off, well deserved. Saving his kid, well deserved. Exactly, saving his kid from drowning in the ocean in California, and also learned today 
the Steiner brothers are going in. That's interesting. I want to hear Scott Steiner say something. Big Papa Pump. Maybe he'll make a promo about numbers again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) The Attitude Arrow, Mr. Scott Steiner. Being a pimp. Being the Rodzilla. Damn. The Royzilla. Oh, God. But yeah, that's Friday, and... Then we have NXT in the afternoon. Well, WrestleMania Saturday, day one, supposedly. These are the matches. You know, we got with the Raw Women's Champion Lynch and Belair. And I believe in previous episodes, we picked Lynch to win, right? Or you picked Belair? Um, I would keep the belt on Lynch, but I think they're going to give it to Belair. I'm picking Lynch. She has to keep it. Uh, then we got The Miz and Logan Paul against Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. Who's winning that matchup? The Mysterios, Dude. right? Dude, I'm annoyed that this this YouTuber has a damn spot in WrestleMania while Finn Balor, who's a US champion, doesn't have a match. And you got Ricochet, the Intercontinental Champion, doesn't have a match. That is yep. that is horseshit. But anyways, I picked the Mysterios to win because number one, you know they added that personal that personal heat with taking off Ray's mask and yep. you know putting in a Logan Paul, which I'm pretty sure they're gonna do a segment today on the WrestleMania Raw. But also, Ray Mysterio is the cover athlete for 2K22. Which is a heavily is heavily sponsoring WrestleMania, so you know you can't have your cover athlete losing. So I think the Mysterios win. They should win. I'm not watching. This is my piss match because I don't. I hate Logan Paul and I hate everything yeah. that Miz does because he just bends over and does everything what Vince wants, which is stupid shit. And but yeah, I think the Mysterios should win as I finish taking my piss. And I and I laugh at it too because um, um, the way how the Miz pretty much <laughs> tells Dominic, "Are you sure that Eddie's not your dad?" <laughs> yeah. He brought over I'm like, "What the hell?" Like, "Oh man!" I'm like, "Why?" Because he's taller than than Ray. I'm like, "Damn!" But and even Dominic is taller than Eddie. Eddie That's wasn't a saying. tall dude. No. <laughs> and then we got Drew McIntyre against Happy Corbin and Drew McIntyre is going over yeah this match doesn't do anything for me because I, they've done this match so many times the build is stupid I think the only thing that would make me excited is and I've said it on my shoot style wrestling pod um, if you guys want to listen to it cheap plug there um, I said that the only way I'll get excited is if Drew McIntyre comes out with Angela and decapitates Madcap Moss with the sword. That's the only way I'll be interested in watching watching this match. But you know they got to build up Drew to be in the in the title picture going ahead, and you know they gotta they gotta give him a win. I don't like Happy Corbin's gimmick; it's annoying. But yeah, Drew's going over. 
I think that's the reason why they created the gimmick so he could be annoying. Well, he's got that working. Yeah, so now we're gonna move on to the SmackDown Tag Team Championships as the Usos versus Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Ah, uh, Booger, Booger and Shaky Nakamura. Um, yeah, the Usos going over. No set. Yeah, they only use Nakamura because of the whole theme song and with Boogs playing the guitar. <laughs> Yeah, because it gets a pop reaction, man. The past time, really, I know you've gone to the SmackDown, so yeah, they get pop, pop that they get, dude, is crazy. I'm like, damn. Uh, and then they add the fact that Pat McAfee is having an orgasm every time they come out. <laughs> so it's like the fans pop for that, and then I'm like, okay, cool. And it gets catchy at the same time, so it's like, okay, it has to do with the theme. And then we got Edge against AJ Styles. This is a sleeper match. And AJ, for me, I'm picking AJ to go over. Um, I like this I match. Well, wait, when, they, when they talk about WrestleMania Dream matches, this is one of them because it's a fresh match. We haven't seen it before, and it's between two very good performers. The build has been stupid because the premise of the build has been Edge has gone to a dark place that we've never fucking seen it before but you know we've watched wrestling he was the biggest heel in the, in the mid to late 2000s and you know he's trying to show us that he didn't really done this type of crap before like giving him concertos and you know beating the crap out of him when he clearly went into john cena's house and slapped his dad yeah <laughs> that's my only problem with the match is that edge is making it seem like this is this is me. I like it. You guys never seen me before. This is how bad I am, and I like it. And I'm like, no, we've seen it. So, yeah, but I have AJ going over. I think AJ is more of a full-time performer. Yeah. And unfortunately, Edge is going to have a couple losses at WrestleMania the last couple years. But And I don't know if AJ Styles has won a WrestleMania before. Uh, I know he lost to The Undertaker. I think he lost to Jericho. Um, he won against Shane McMahon. And he won uh, against Nakamura. Oh, he beat Shinsuke Nakamura? Yeah, to retain the title. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I think AJ is winning. But this match, I think they're going to get a, a long time. I think they're going to get 20, 22 minutes. Might no, be a potential match of the night. Yes, it has to be a 30-minute match. Wow. Uh, it would go longer because they, they, they have to entice it and then we got Charlotte Flair against Ronda Rousey for the Smackdown Women's Championship Rousey needs to win this oh the build has also been bad for this match because they've been making fucking Ronda talk and Ronda can cut promos and I want to go and I want you Ronda Rousey to be part of the bloodline. Oh, you do. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Paul Heyman. She needs Paul Heyman next to her, so Paul Heyman could talk, and she should be the next female version of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, she needs. She needs a. She needs a manager. I was thinking too. Sonya Deville. She's annoying, 
but you know she's she's good on the mic. She's good on the mic, and she could be the manager too. She could, she yeah, could be she could be her manager. She's the manager. Also, Vince told her to smile, but she's getting her ass kicked every week, and she's coming out here and smiling. In the last episode of SmackDown, the week before, she got her ass kicked. She got power bombed through a table, and then the next ep- the next segment, she's coming out the next week, and she's all high fiving everybody and all happy. Like, what the hell is that? But those are all orders from Vince, and it's hurting her character and her aura as being the baddest female on the planet. Yeah, but I guess because she's a face right now. But. Well, like, for example, Stone Cold Steve like, Austin. Like no, but yeah, but I feel like her coming out with a smile on the face, for me, I see it like a setup on her when the moment she turns freaking heel. And when people are already booing her, now that's her real actions are gonna come out and say that she don't give a rat's ass about the fans, that she's here to beat people's ass up and whatever. That's where I feel like, okay, she needs to join the damn bloodline. Well, well, we'll see. But yeah, I have Rhonda going over and I'm a little annoyed at Charlotte. Charlotte's good and she's a good talent, but, I, but she's kind of stale in terms of being in the main event picture. They need somebody fresh, and Ronda would be good. She needs to turn face, because she's already been way too long to be a heel. She's not a good face. I know, but we need her as a face right now, regardless. I'm like, because who knows? Maybe in that match, they do the double switch. Well, they might. Where Ronda Rousey beats the living hell out of Charlotte Flair, and the fans start boom. If they do that, then they need they need they need a they need a manager. They need a mouthpiece. They need something on Ronda Rousey because Ronda Rousey can't cut a promo to save her life. Nope. And you're right. If it ain't Paul Heyman, then Sonya Deville would be the perfect one. So moving on to that Saturday's on, then we got the Chaos Show with Stone Cold. Man, did you saw that um, <laughs> that little snug trick that Kevin Owens did to his Chicago fans, thinking that something was there. Ah, uh, dude, that promo was gold. <laughs> the first, the fans first were like, "What? What?" And then he was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude, it was, it was, it was gold. It was gold, and then the, the 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 fucking skull cap was coming off, the crappy ass knee pads. You, it, it, it was great. It was great. He's done a very good job of carrying this this program by himself. Yep. And the, and the second time the thing was coming out, he's all like, "What the hell? He's like, you're here? Like, yeah, no, you're an idiot." <laughs> 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 Super priceless. Yeah, right. Well, I, I, I think he's good ass kicked. Yeah. And then on Saturday, there's another interesting part is the smack that was heard around the world. Will Smith against Chris Rock. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, man. Well, that, I, saw that. I saw that last night and I'm like, that looked like a WWE type of deal, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know, a nice work slap. 
What you know yeah. what that you know what I thought was funny? Will Smith is six foot two, two hundred pounds, and Chris Rock is even. I think what is he like five, eight, one hundred and sixty pounds? He didn't even move. Yeah. I don't know, he took that shit out too, bro. Like, okay. Uh, you know. <laughs> At first, yeah, I, I was like, confused. I'm like, is this for real? Because it looks fake. It looks like it was just going to be fine. But then Will Smith's emotions, like, get, 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 get my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? Like, like I, I ain't read until he said, but until like, I see her that she was bald or whatever. <laughs> Can't wait to see G.I. Jane too. <laughs> oh man. Oh dude. But they could they could fight in the WWE. They could fight for the 24-7 title. Knowing Vincent Man, he would probably pull it out. Dude. I like, ooh, party next year. Next year's in LA, bro, so it won't be surprised. Oh shit, yep. Against Chris <laughs> Oh, nah. That was just a joke. And moving on for Sunday's bracket, I know we got Brock Lesnar for Roman Reigns for both titles, and we picked Roman Reigns. Because obviously he's the head of the table, Child Chief. Staying <laughs> in Knoxville. Uh, Sting has to go over, man. I don't know. Oh, uh, what the. Why the fuck is Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania? Because he's I mean, freaking 50-something years old and his damn um, stunts are still active against these people. But what is he going to do? Is he going to jump off the Titantron? Like, uh, what, <laughs> what can he do? Like, look, I get it. Like, why Logan Paul is in, the, in, in there? Because, you know, Logan Paul has younger viewers. What does Vince want? Vince wants younger viewers. But... Johnny Knoxville, his thing is jackass. And who watches jackass now? Older, that's the older demographic. He already has that. I don't understand why Johnny Knoxville, and Johnny Knoxville has been on WWE television since the damn Royal Rumble. Even before the Royal Rumble. I don't understand why. Zane, I hope Zane, Zane kicks his ass. But I won't watch. This is my piss, piss break match for Sunday. So I probably won't, won't watch it. Yep. And then we got the women's tag team fatal four-way match uh, for the tag team titles. Bianca and Naomi against Natty and Baszler, Rhea and Liv Morgan, and Vega and Carmella. I believe Banks and Naomi are winning this. Yeah, that's what my head says, but my heart says Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley because I'm a big, big Liv Morgan fan. So my heart says Liv and Rhea, but my head says... Back, back, uh, I, agree. No. I agree with you too, because I love Liv Morgan. Oh, uh, yes. Warms the cockles of my heart. Yes, but she has actually improved herself the last couple of years. But I feel since the smack, the women's tag team titles have been on Raw, they're going to SmackDown. Yeah, I think it's gonna Sasha and Naomi. I think are gonna win. Yes, they're gonna win. That's my opinion. But I wouldn't mind seeing Rhea Ripley again and Liv Morgan winning the titles. Oh, I wouldn't either. 
And then we got McAfee against Theory. This should be a decent match, but Theory should be going over. Yeah, I think they're going to get 10 minutes. And I think Austin Theory is a good guy to carry Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee's been doing a pretty good job. The story, the writing has been kind of stupid in this feud, but... You know, you can't expect anything less from WWE creative. But, hey, Pat McAfee has done a pretty good job in terms of creating a story and doing the promos. And, of course, I agree with Pat McAfee. Michael Cole is is the worst human being on the face of the earth. (laughs) So that's why I like Pat McAfee. And then we got the Raw Tag Team titles, RK Bro against Street Profits and Alpha Academy. And I do believe the Street Profits are winning this. I agree with you, and it'll start the dissension of RK Bro, which I well, hope, I hope. And this is a swerve to everybody. I hope it's actually Riddle. Riddle. Riddle turn okay. heel. Yep. Riddle. I, I hope Riddle turns Riddle. heel. The story is right there for him to turn heel. And the turn is back on the fan. Yep, it's right there. We already, saw, we already seen Randy as the heel. But this time around, I feel like Riddle needs to be the one to turn heel and show that Randy Orton's ass. Hey, Randy! Yeah, the Wendy. Hey, Wendy. <laughs> no, and it's right there. Like everybody makes fun of him. Everybody yep. makes fun of his gimmick. He can easily, t- but you have to change the character. He's got to come out more serious. He can't come out with this uh, pothead, high schooler type gimmick. He's got to change everything. He's got to talk differently. He's got to, and it's right there. And you could just blame the fans. And Rain and Wandy for treating him bad. And then from there, supposedly it's gonna be Rollins versus Rhodes. Oh uh, yeah, Rollins gets the match. I don't know if you saw the video earlier today in the morning. Oh dude, it was obnoxious. <laughs> I I hate Rollins's character. He has to laugh every five minutes. I just yeah. showed inside. <laughs> I just love Vince McMahon's look, man. Like, get your fucking feet off my damn desk. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, he, Vince McMahon nowadays, you know, he eats his applesauce and thinks about other things before <laughs> he takes a nap. And, you know, Seth Rollins interrupted him from, you know, doodling in his paper and eating his applesauce. And then, I, yeah, this is going to be the start of Rhodes coming out. But I believe, I've been hearing that he's coming out to his uh, AEW team or indie team. And that's fun. And that's weird because he owns that team. He owns it. Yeah. So, and you know how Vince, Vince likes to own everything. But, you know, it would make sense because that's a familiar, it's a familiar, it's like when the Hardys debuted on AEW. They yeah. brought back his their WWE thing. As soon as they hit it, the fans knew who it was. Yep. So it, it makes oh. it, it makes sense. So, but I hey, maybe in a couple weeks Vince will take it away and be like, you know what, you you gotta go with what we want. 
So yeah. F your music, F your other crap. You're going back to Stardust, and you're wearing the polka dot. And I wonder if they're going to call him the American Nightmare. I believe so, because I heard that they were keeping everything, the stuff that he did. And Vince will do that from some superstars. Like, he did that with Samoa Joe. He did that with AJ Styles. Yep. You you have to be big enough for Vince to let you keep your indie stuff. Yep. And look at what, look at what Drew McIntyre did. He let him keep all the stuff that he did in the indies. Because the whole Drew McIntyre... Um, Scottish psychopath. He was. He was like that in the Indies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot. Triple H was a lot of the guy that let him do that. Yeah, so I won't be surprised if he comes out and with the theme and had that that same way how he was in AEW, but be used more. Like he say, hey, go start wrestling here, start wrestling there. Who knows? He probably has a little part time contract as well. We don't know. But yeah, that's an interesting. And then I know almost almost has a match, and supposedly he be nasty. You call them almost? Almost, exactly. Almost. Oh, almost. No. no, I call him almost because he is almost ready to wrestle because he's so green. Yeah, he's really freaking green. He's just looking that he's tall enough, but he's really freaking green. Well, he's lucky that Braun Strowman isn't in the company. If not... It would have been Braun Strowman. Well, who knows? we probably get a swerve when Braun Strowman comes back. Uh, he, he started his own company called uh, Control Your Narrative with EC3. So I don't think so. And then they had the plan with the Ninja against the fight night. But I don't know. Since Biggie got injured with his neck thing, since they're not using Ricochet as an IC title, they can maybe add Ricochet into that six-man tag the New Day against Fight Night, and that's it. You had that match, and then I know I saw Adler and Damian Priest in the Battle Royal for Friday Night SmackDown. But if they're gonna add a match, then it obviously will be. Finn Balor against Damian Priest. They should. Champion. But it'll be hard. Who do you have going over? Because you have uh, Damian Priest is a new character. And then you have I'll, Finn Balor. Have, Finn Balor's a new Balor. champion. I will have Finn Balor go over. Oof. Damian Priest is a heel. So... If Finn Balor goes over as what he is right now, without the paint, then yes. But if he comes out with the paint, he has to go over as a demon batter. Oh, that that's difficult because they have to push the new Damian Priest. Um, I would just I would have Finn Balor retained by shenanigans. Yeah, like either not not fair. It's like by priest disqualifying because you know what he got fed up. He used to steal chair and beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And then I would just add Ricochet into the with the new day and face up against the English Fight Night Club. Oh, with Butch. <laughs> yep, Butch. 
Oh god, what terrible names. Hey, you leave Butch alone, bro. What you talking about? Oh you like you like the name Butch? It's hilarious, bro. <laughs> oh my god, dude, he looks like a little kid from the gangs of New York. <laughs> he looks like a fucking the kid from um What are the little rascals? <laughs> Yeah, from the little rascal, bro. Oh man, but Butch is hilarious, dude. It's the short. It's cause it's cause too, man. Pete Dunn's a good ass wrestler, bro, and everything, but he's too damn short, dude. Well, yeah. Ultimately, that will that will stop him from being in the main event. But I think he has a good mid card career. Oh, he could, he could have a good mid card right now. But I do, I do kind of like him that they have. Handyman um, Holland with um, Sheamus. Cause I don't care what people say, Sheamus. I always like Sheamus, man. Like a little bloody hell. What are you fucking? What is something you used to call him? Mayo with ketchup. <laughs> the 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 great white. The jar of mayonnaise. That's what John Cena used to call him. <laughs> the jar of mayonnaise with ketchup on top. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah, that's that's so far. That's that's what they got. This was like six, seven matches on Saturday and six, seven matches on Sunday. They still gotta add. If they do add Balor and Priest and New Day and Fight Night, then it will be eight, eight, eight and eight on each day. Oof, long shows. Yeah, it's just three, three, four hour shows. At least they're split, bro. They're Saturday and Sunday. It's not just one damn all day where it's six, seven hours of wrestling. But so far, yeah, that's it. We'll see who wins and and everything. But I'll give you another news: the Chicago Bulls lose to the Knicks. Oh, damn. I believe they lose 109 to 104, and I believe they're going. They're going to be tied. Either they're still going to be in fifth place, or they're going to go down to sixth place, because the Raptors, I believe, won earlier. Oh yeah, the Raptors won in overtime, 115 to 112, over the Celtics. So this ain't looking yeah. good for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, currently as a stand, the Bulls hold only a half-game lead over the Toronto Raptors. And they only hold a game lead over Cleveland for the seventh seed. So, oh. That ain't looking good. And we got, like, what, like six, seven games left? Yeah, it's we're getting, we're getting close to the end of the season. The Bulls' yeah, home yeah. on the way splits are very... It's very... Astounding! They're twenty-six and ten at home. They're seventeen and twenty-two away. They're actually one of the best. They have one of the best home records in the NBA. Yeah, but they're still facing the Wizards, the Bucks. Who else? Yeah, yeah those like games are must wins. Yeah, they got three, four more games left. So I believe the season ends in the, on the second or, or third. Uh, let me check the schedule. 
Yeah, I think the the I think it's on third. It's on the third, and the Bulls is next. Next games are tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah, they they're playing at Washington. Then they they're at home against the Clippers, and those are not too. I don't know if they'll be able to beat the Clippers, and then they play at home on Saturday against the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, and then the Bucks right next week. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be a tough, tough match, tough, tough matchup for the Bulls. It'll be a tough matchup, man. You lost now against the Knicks, one hundred and seven, no, one hundred and nine to one hundred four. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be tough. You got the you got the the Wizards tomorrow. And Thursday they have the they're at home against who? You said oh the Clippers. Yeah, they're they're at home against the Clippers. And then they go to travel or the Heat come home. No, they're at home against the Miami Heat. And then they should be at home against the Bucks as well, right? Yeah. So I believe Sunday, April tenth, is the final. Is the final game of the season. Their last games are so they have so after Washington at Washington they have one, two, three, four. They have five straight home games. Thursday against the Clippers, Saturday the second against the Heat, Tuesday the fifth against the Milwaukee Bucks, Wednesday against the Boston Celtics, Friday the eighth against the Charlotte Hornets, and then Sunday. April 10th, they're on the road against the Minnesota, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Some of those games, like Charlotte, Boston, Minnesota, the Clippers, Washington, I think they can win. I don't know about Milwaukee and Miami, but they're tough games down the stretch. But against New, they should have beat New York. In some of these games, they lost, like New York, New Orleans, Sacramento. Some of these games they should have won. Yeah, so it's scary. But we'll see. That means there's a week and a half left of games for the Bulls. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what how they do, man. But that's it for our show today. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys are liking our our, our podcast. Please keep on sharing. Uh, we should. We We got on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Anywhere, Most anywhere people. to the light your ears. Yep, and also as well, keep listening to Martin's um, shoe style podcast wrestling. Go ahead, Martin. Yeah, just want to thank everybody for listening to the Shy Sports Convo again. Like Edgar said, you can follow us on Twitter. And you can listen to the show on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere that you listen to your podcast as well. I would like to plug in. If you guys like wrestling and the sports entertainment aspect of our podcast, and if you want more in-depth, listen to the Shoot Style Wrestling Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all of your podcast listening platforms. We have a lot of content coming up since it's WrestleMania weekend. Lots of previews and reviews of the shows. But, yeah. 
and they're there for air for everybody to enjoy. Yeah, if you guys are looking for Shy Sports Convo on Twitter, it'll be Shy Sports Convo One. Uh, anything you guys want to add, subscribe, uh, give us a message, give us details where you want. What do you guys want us to talk about? And like pretty much, we have a one-two combo with me and Martin. If you guys want to cover us more stuff, or even women's NCAA, we could cover that too. So I know they're 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 having their tournament as well. So I'm like, but any thoughts? I'll leave a comment down below. Just share our podcast, like our podcast, follow us, like I said, on Twitter. And we'll see how it goes. But that's pretty much on my end. That's on your end as well, Martin. Yep. Yep. That is all on my end. So we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. And have a good night. Good night, everybody.